Well, hello there, friends. Thanks for joining us today for worship as a part of Heritage Church. Now, let me tell you something. I'm so glad to be part of a team. Each week, this experience takes a team of staff and volunteers working together to serve each other and to serve the church as a whole. And you, you are a part of our team because you are here with us today. You are adding your collective voice, prayers, and thoughts to the many others gathered here and now and also in the future. So no matter if you are watching this on TV, on your phone, a mobile device, as part of our Kiwani campus, no matter if you're by yourself with your family or watching in a larger group, you are all part of Heritage Church. It's so good to know that you're part of something bigger than yourself, isn't it? We all desire to be part of grand stories and avenues that bring change and causes that make a difference. And that's why we cheer at a baseball game when a team pulls out from a, a come-behind win. It's why we celebrate at a baptism service. And it's why our hearts are warmed like mine was when I saw members of our volunteer team circling around a teammate that was having a health issue so that they could pray for them and support them. This concept of team helps give us a backdrop for why we're having the conversation around fit for life that we've been engaging with over these past couple of weeks. And we realize that we all have flaws and issues, parts of us that we wish we could change or that others wish we would change. But that is why we're made for team, why we're made for community. We're made for connection with others. Our shortcomings are shored up by others in our community and our team and we help each other get better. So today, we're gonna to hear from a different member of our team during the message. His name is Chris Conrad, and he is the leader of our church's Great Lakes region. However, he'd be the first to tell you that his title doesn't matter. His heart is to serve the church, and he will be connecting with us a few times this summer in order to serve us as we chase after God together. You're not gonna to want to miss it. Now today, we continue our Fit for Life conversation around practices that will help our minds be healthy through God and through the connection to community. In Hebrews 12, it says that God is the author and perfecter of our faith. He is the one who started it, and He is the one who will continue to work on it until the end. Now, the great authors don't write books where everything is happy and easy all the time, right? There are trials and difficulties. The heroes have flaws just like us. But great authors help take the reader on a journey with the hero of the story to become something more and better than when they started. So I invite you today to step into the story that God is writing. You may be in the prologue and not sure about this whole faith thing, or you may be in a challenging part of the story where hope could seem lost. But remember, God is the author and finisher of your faith. He will never leave you or cast you aside. So let us worship the healing God, the author God, together. Jesus, have your 
welcome the God who makes His name is Jesus. His name is
worship you but if it puts me in the fire i'll rejoice because you're there too i won't be formed by feelings i hold fast to what is true come on if the cross brings transformation then i'll be crucified with you because death, death is just a doorway into resurrection life if i join you in your sufferings Each week as part of our gathering, we hold space for prayer, space where we commune spirit to spirit with God, where where we ask him to lead us, to hear our requests, to move on our behalf. But we also just are with him in conversation. You know, there's an old quote from Mother Teresa when she was trying to explain to somebody what it meant for her to pray. When she was asked what that was, she said, when I pray, I listen. And then the questioner asked, well, what does God say when you listen? And she said, he listens. There's something about this posture of listening, of receiving what God has for us that is such an important part of prayer. And so I want to invite you, whatever you've been processing or thinking through, or whatever distractions you've encountered in even the last few moments, to just take a moment to pause, to focus your mind on what it is that God is inviting you to hear from him, to receive what it is that he would offer you in these moments and offer the fullness of your presence to him. What does it look like for you to lay before the one who loves you so much all of the needs, concerns, and worries of this day and to pick up his offering of grace that is enough for all the things you've already encountered and will encounter? More than that, we're going to pray in just a moment that 
God would help us to have the mind of Christ, that he would help us to receive and hear all that he has for us in the next moments as we press into a time of teaching together, and then as we go about our day and our week and the days ahead, that he would help us to recall the things he has taught us. So first, I invite you again, pause. And now we're gonna ask God to help us listen, even as we lay before him the burdens that we carry. So let's pray together. Father, Son, and Spirit, we do pray that you would show us what it is to listen well today. We lay down our requests and our burdens before you. All of the things that are weighing us down, that are distracting us, that are causing us to wonder if you see or hear or are active. Lord, we lay them before you even now. And as we do that with open hands, we ask you to help us listen to receive truth from your word in these next moments. God, over the next days and weeks and months, cause us to recall something we've heard even today. Help us to know it is your voice inviting us into a new and living way in Christ Jesus. Give us today ears that hear. Help us to receive what you have for us in these moments, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Hey Heritage, it's such a delight to be with you. Welcome to the summer. You know, life is beginning to come back to normal. I think we're all feeling great about that. But I also wanna recognize the fact that the last 17 months have been quite interesting. I mean, we're looking forward to being outside now and doing all the things that we wanna do. But I also know that you've been through an incredible amount in the last 17 months. We all have. As a matter of fact, this last Wednesday, I was involved in the funeral of one of my own staff members, a gentleman who I've known for 30 years who just passed away. He went from feeling not so great to dying of pancreatic cancer in less than 11 weeks. He was a dear friend. And that just brought some sadness to me. And on that very day, this last Wednesday, my best friend, literally my best friend growing up, died of a massive heart attack. Two events this last week that reminded me of the fact that the last 17 months, haven't been just smooth sailing for anybody. We've all faced different things. But here's what I know. What I know is, is that God really has some amazing things for us going into the future. The only question is, will we experience all that God has for us? See, we cannot control what happens 
to us. Life's gonna happen. Pandemics are gonna happen. Sickness is gonna happen. Things are gonna happen. You know, we're gonna lose a job or we're gonna hit financial crises or transmission's gonna go out, water heater's gonna go out. Things are gonna happen to us. We can't control those things, but we can control what happens in us. We can control how we think. We can control whether or not we allow the things that are happening to us to impact all that God does through us in our lives. And that's really what I wanna talk about. See, our circumstances do not have to dictate our destinies. They don't have to, not at all. That's not God's desire for us. As a matter of fact, your destiny is not bound up in your external circumstances. They just aren't. Your destiny is tied to what you and I allow God to do in our lives. That's what it's tied to. And that starts with our mind. It really starts with how you and I think, how we think about life. Our minds are so important. As a matter of fact, American author and poet Ralph Waldo Emerson said this. You've probably heard this before. You sow a thought and you reap an action. You sow an action and you reap a habit. You sow a habit and you reap a character. You sow a character and you reap a destiny. Here's the thing though. It all starts with a thought. It all starts with what happens in our minds. That's why Pastor Sean did such an outstanding job two weeks ago talking about Colossians chapter three, verse two, when it says, set your mind on the things that are above. That's why Pastor Josh Howard just last week talked about the fact that Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, verses one and two, to allow God to transform us by the renewing of our minds. Literally says, to change the type of people that we are. We can become a new person by changing the way we think. Not by the things that happen to us, but by changing the way we think. You know, when I was 15 years old, I'll never forget, my pastor said to me, for some reason, this kind of went into my brain and just was chiseled into my brain. And he said this to me when I was 15. He said, who you will be in five years will be largely determined by two things. Number one, the people you hang out with, and number two, the things you think about. How we think. It's interesting. He didn't say who will be in five years will be determined by the things we go through, our circumstances. He didn't say who we're gonna be in five years is gonna be determined by our IQ, by you know, the income level we have, the job that we're able to have, whether or not we're single or married. No, no, no. He said, and I believe it's true, who we become is largely determined by the people we hang out with, our cruddy buddies, those people that we do life with, and how we think, what we allow our minds to think about. Here's the amazing thing, and the Bible makes this so clear. We can limit God's work in our lives simply by how we think. Now, we can't limit God's power, no, no, no. That's impossible. You and I do not have the ability to limit God's power. But for whatever reason, God has chosen to limit the things that he does through you and I by the way that we think, by what we allow him to do through us, by the way that we think that he wants to work through us. Let me tell you what I mean by that. By using an example of one of the most famous people in the entire Bible. His name was Moses. Now God had planned his life in such a way that he wanted to use Moses to do amazing things. He arranged his whole life so that that could happen. But Moses almost missed it. How? Well, you can read about it in the Old Testament book of Exodus, 
specifically chapter 3. God comes to Moses and he begins to unveil to Moses, to, to basically lay out to Moses the way that he wants to use him to, to help Moses' kindred spirit, his, his fellow Israelites, out of slavery that they've been in in Egypt into a promised land that God wants to take them to. And God says, Moses, I want to use you to do that. But Moses said, no, 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 God, I, and he starts limiting himself. God, I, I don't speak well. God, I, I'm not capable of doing that. He starts limiting what he thinks God can do in and through his life. And he almost misses everything that God had for him, which is such an irony that we end up limiting the God of the universe who created the Milky, Milky Way without breaking a sweat. That's our God. That's what he's capable of. And yet, and yet he allows himself to be limited by our own thinking. Again, Moses almost missed it, but he's not the only one. Jesus experienced people with this same lid-imposing mindset when he was walking here on earth. Mark chapter 9 records this very fascinating interchange between a dad and Jesus. See, the dad had a young son who was demon-possessed, believe it or not. You can actually read it for yourself in Mark chapter 9. And, and what happened is, is that this father comes to the disciples of Jesus and begs them to heal his son who's demon-possessed. And disciples aren't able to do it. And Jesus, who had been up on a hill, comes down off the hill with a couple of his disciples. And there he finds the rest of the disciples and some other people milling around. And here he finds his dad. And Jesus starts interacting with his dad. And he sees this son of this father who's on the ground and who's beginning to hurt himself. And so Jesus is getting the context of all that is going on. And, and Jesus asks him, how long has this been going on? And the man says, well, since the since my son was born, it's been happening all his life. And then the man says this. He looks at Jesus and he says, have mercy on us. Help us, Jesus, if you can. And Jesus' response to that was, what do you mean if I can, Jesus said. Anything is possible for a person who believes. Anything is possible for a person who believes believes. See, Jesus said in that statement, he made a point in that statement, that there is something that happens when we allow God to transform our minds, the very thing that Pastor Josh was talking about last week. If we allow God to transform our minds into the possibilities that he has for us, instead of limiting. See, what can happen is, is that our mindset becomes the limiting factor of what we allow God to do in our life. And there are a lot of ways that that mindset comes to us. It, it could be that a, a parent or a coach or a teacher put a lid on our lives sometime a long time ago or an ex-spouse. Someone put something in our minds and in our spirits that became a limiting factor of what we think that the God of the universe can do in us and through us. And Jesus is coming to you and I today and he's saying, oh, Please allow me to renew your mind so that you can open up to everything that I have for you. Because just like Moses, I've got a destiny I want you to fulfill. I've got things I want to do in your life and through your life. But I'll only be able to do that if you'll allow me to do that. 
Jesus is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on us. He wants to work through us to accomplish all that he has for us to accomplish that will end up blessing other people's lives. See, I'm sure you know people, as do I, who walk through life with these limits on their life, these lids on their life. And they say things to themselves like, I'm not smart enough, I'm not outgoing enough, or, you know, I, I just can't do that, or I just can't do this, or, you know, I, I, I'm never going to be able to overcome this addiction. I'm never, ever going to be able to, to have this job that I've always wanted to have. They just limit their minds. And the Holy Spirit of God today wants to come into your spirit and say, hey, would you allow me to renew your mind by the power of my Holy Spirit so that you can experience everything I created you for? See, Jesus said that he came for us to experience life and life to the full. You can read that in John chapter 10, verse 10. But here's the thing. The only way we experience that kind of life is if we allow him to penetrate our hearts and our lives and say, okay, Jesus, I want to think like you. I want, I want to think about myself the way you think about me. I want to have a right concept about myself. And when we do that, then we begin to allow God to do amazing things. The Bible says all things are possible to that person who believes. Not that person who's got the best IQ, not that person who just bucks themselves up by their own bootstraps and heads out and out in life. No, no, no. By the person who believes what God says about them and begins to move into life accordingly. See, here's the thing. Author and pastor, a guy by the name of Craig Rochelle, talks about the fact that we often go through life in ruts. You know, and again, those ruts were created by years of living under these lids. And so we just lived in these ruts. And what he says is that we need to replace our ruts with trenches of truth. So get that picture. Ruts kind of a little shallow, but a trench is much deeper. And what we need to do is replace our ruts with trenches of truth. Truth based, not again on self-help psychology, not at all but on God's word and what he says about us. Truths that literally reorient the way that we think. So how do we go about doing this? How do we begin to dig trenches of truth in our lives? Three ways. Number one, first thing is that we've got to remove destructive behaviors that are getting in our way. And I'll just be really honest with you. Often the only way we can remove the destructive behaviors that are getting in our way is by asking God to help us do that. Often we're powerless on our own to change them because if we could have changed them, we probably already would have. A truth about myself that I, I don't mind sharing is the fact that I used to weigh 110 pounds heavier or 110 pounds more than I do today. And I haven't had surgery or anything. I'll just tell you, it was literally the power of God that changed the way I thought about food. I literally remember coming to God one day nearly 20 years ago and saying, God, I am powerless to change this about my life. I have a mindset that says, well, hey, there's no stressful situation that food can't help assuage, that food can't help to just make me feel better about. But God, if you'll come and you'll help me, I believe you can give me a new mindset. And that's exactly what God did over the next 90, 120 days as he began to renew my mind in the area of food. 
And I began to exercise some and those kinds of things. But what we have to do is we have to begin by removing those destructive behaviors that are causing these limits in our life. And God is powerful and he wants to come alongside and help us. And he wants to give us a new mindset. To be honest with you, I, was not, I, I wasn't this, just kind of overweight. No, no, I was, to be honest, I was fat. And I saw myself as a fat person. That's how I saw myself. And I'd go to clothes stores and I'd get, you know, the neck size up and I'd be all depressed and all that kind of stuff for a day, getting the neck size up. That happened for so many years of my life. But God said, Chris, if you'll let me, I want to renew your mind. And I want to take this destructive behavior out of your life. And that's exactly what he did. Now, how do we remove those destructive behaviors? Well, we remind ourselves again of God's power. Hebrews chapter 12, verse one and two says this. Let us strip off everything that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. See, what we do is that we take our eyes off the things that are destroying us and we put our eyes on Jesus. We fix our eyes on Jesus. How do we do that? We're gonna talk more about that in a few moments. But we don't just like eradicate those destructive behaviors and then do nothing. No, no, no. We need to replace them. And here's exactly point number two. Replace falsehood with truth. So we remove the destructive behaviors, get in our way, and then replace falsehood with truth. Again, Pastor Josh referenced this last week. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, I will share with you that so often in my life, truth has come through the help of a Christian counselor. I got to tell you something really funny. I, I've been married almost 31 years. Uh, a couple more months, it'll be 31 years. And I adore my wife, absolutely adore her. And I married way over my head. I'm so glad I married my wife. I have to tell you, uh, the day we got married, this is true, the day we got married, we walked out of our marriage ceremony and my mom turned to my dad and said, our son has met his match. <laughs> now, she didn't mean like, hey, awesome. They're just gonna, what she meant is, is our, strong, our son is strong-willed and I get the idea that his new bride is strong-willed and they have met their match. That's exactly the truth. Man, I'll never forget, like we're six weeks into our wedding, and in our marriage, excuse me, and we're, we're in our little home, and we, we moved from San Diego, California, which is where we, from, we were from, to Sturgis, South Dakota, out in the middle of the Midwest, that's basically known for its Harley-Davidson rally. And we're there, and we don't have a clue about anything about life or anything. And we're six weeks into our marriage. And I'll never forget, like, we are shouting at each other. These strong wills are going after each other. We're just shouting at each other. Now, some of you, you're really calm. You're sedate. You've never shouted a day in your life. Not true about me. <laughs> so we were, we were shouting at each other, and sure enough, we had met our match. Well, here's the deal. You can only do that for so long before you recognize, hey, maybe, maybe we need some help. And sure enough, you see, here's the thing. I was telling myself lies in my marriage. I was telling myself, well, you know, if Mary would change this, and if my wife Mary would change that about herself, then everything would be great. And I'll never forget walking into a 
Christian counselor's office. And I was so excited. Now, I'm not proud of this. I'm not proud of it at all, but I'm just telling you the way it was. I was so excited to walk into that Christian counselor's office because I knew that they were finally going to put Mary in her place. Woohoo! You know, I was finally, they were finally going to speak truth into Mary's life. You get where this is going, don't you? My arrogance, my pride was about to be shown for what it was. And you know what? We spent a good amount of time in that Christian counselor's office. Over the next few weeks, we spent a lot of time, actually. And it was so helpful. And in all reality, instead of God setting my wife right, or sure, the Christian counselor said some things to my wife that ultimately were helpful for her. But I got to tell you, the Holy Spirit spoke volumes into my life about the things that I needed to hear. See, I needed to replace falsehood. Oh, she's got to change with truth. Holy Spirit, how do you want to change me? Now, I don't know where your falsehood thoughts are. There's, I don't know where you've got some cruddy thinking, some stinky thinking. I don't know where those, those places in your life are. But we all tend to go through life with areas in our life where we need truth to be brought to bear, where we need to allow God's word to actually speak to our lives. And I just want to tell you, so often that can happen when we sit in a Christian counselor's office who has capital D discernment. Someone that just helps us think through things. That's, what, that's how God has worked in my life. He's worked by using his word and people with capital D discernment. And often, Christian counselors. And I just got to tell you, our marriage was transformed way back then. And my life was transformed way back then. I'm a better husband. I'm a better Christ follower. I'm actually a better person walking through you know, Walmart today because of my willingness to, to engage in Christian counseling and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me in that. So I said there are three things. Number one, remove destructive behaviors that are getting in your way. Number two, replace falsehood with truth. And number three, repeat healthy rhythms. We need to be people that are repeating healthy rhythms. In other words, setting up rhythms in our life where God's, God can speak truth into our life. Now, I think uh, a regular way that God wants to speak truth into our life, a, a, a very healthy pattern that we ought to be, I don't know, just exercising on a daily basis is, is time spent in his word. Pastor and author, a guy by the name of Rick Warren, who wrote The Purpose Driven Life, said this. He says, I start each day, FW, GW. First word is God's word. And then he said, I end each day with LW, GW. Last word is God's word. And what Rick says is, I just keep a Bible on my nightstand. And the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning, I don't look at my phone. I, I don't look at technology. I wake up and I immediately pick up where you know, I left off the night before, and I just read my Bible until I get to an aha moment. That might be a verse, that might be a couple of verses, that might be, you know, I don't know, 10 or 15 or in verses or an entire chapter. Pastor Rick says, I read until I have an aha moment, and I allow God's word to be the first thing that impacts my life. And then he said, as I'm getting ready for bed, I'm not just scrolling through like whatever news agency or whatever, I'm not just looking at Instagram or what I, I'm just not looking at, you know, all those kinds of things, Facebook, whatever, social media. I, no, no, no. Last word of my life and my day is God's word. 
Again, he said, I pick up where I left off that morning and now I just read. And again, I might read a verse, I might read a few verses until again, the Holy Spirit speaks something into my life. And I go to sleep thinking about God's word. And when that happens, when we set up patterns like that, that we start our day and end our day and maybe even have some other times throughout our day, when we're ingesting God's word, then we're changing. God's word begins to change us. As a matter of fact, God's word cleanses you and I. A guy by the name of Paul, who wrote about a third of the New Testament, said this. He said, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. See, God's word cleanses us. What, what that means is that when we read God's word, we become aware of those areas that need to change and we ask God to begin to change those. And then we become aware of the areas that we want to become more like Jesus and we ask God to empower us to become more like that. Another thing God's word does is that it begins to fill our life with faith. We, we begin believing God for greater and better things. We trust him. Instead of just allowing our lids to dictate our life, we allow God's word and faith to dictate our life. Another rhythm along these same lines is maybe we actually shut off ESPN. Ah, think about it. You can actually do it. You can actually shut it off. It actually has an off button to it. And we can begin to seek God and what he has for us. What are the things that you tend to go to? You know, when you're stopping at that stop sign or that stoplight and you've got those extra 33 seconds that you're waiting for the light to turn green and you immediately go to your phone and look at whatever you look at. What if you replace those moments of just social media or whatever with stopping and saying, God, how do you want to work in and through my life through the rest of this day? In other words, we shut off the noise for a little while and we allow God's word to speak to us. Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he, God, will give you everything you need. So as we close today, ask yourself these three questions, very simply. Number one, any destructive behaviors or limiting mindsets that we need to ask God to help us get rid of? Are there any destructive behaviors that are limiting God? Any destructive mindsets that are limiting what you're allowing God to do in and through your life? Number two, do we need to replace those with truth? Do we need to sit down with a good Christian counselor? Do we need to increase the time that we spend in God's word, which takes us to number three? Do we need to set up some healthy rhythms in our life that will allow us to experience the abundant life that Jesus has for us. Can I pray with you really quickly? Jesus, I thank you so much for all the ways that you want to intersect our life, for the ways that you want to work and interact with us. Jesus, I pray that you would help us to begin to think as you think about us, to remove those destructive behaviors, to replace falsehood with truth and to begin to set up healthy rhythms in our life that will allow us to experience all that you created us to experience so that our lives are transformed and so that we can also bless and transform or help to transform 
the lives of the people around us. Thank you so much, Jesus, for your love for us and for the power that you give us to renew our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. You're a faithful God. Yes, you are. God of Abraham.
I'm so grateful for the message Pastor Chris shared with us and the invitation from Jesus to be fully alive even as we experience and pursue Him in our minds. He wants us to know what it is to live fully in body, mind, and spirit in community with one another. If you want to process more of this conversation, we encourage you to go to heritageqc.com and catch up on the Fit for Life journey, or you can even download a note guide that includes some questions for further interaction with you to just meditate on alone or to interact with a friend. So again, those are at heritageqc.com under the Watch tab. We also invite you, if as Chris was talking, you identified a need or desire within yourself to enter into counseling, to share with somebody maybe in a more therapeutic environment, and you're looking how to get connected in that, to call our Pray With a Pastor line at the number below, and a member of our team will interact with you, they'll hear your story, they'll pray with you, and they can recommend a good local counselor who can connect with you in your journey and process your story. We're so grateful for those who have been part of the story God is telling through Heritage Church in these days by their acts of radical generosity as they give freely to the ministries of Heritage. If that's you, thank you. Thank you for the role that you have played in helping people connect with God, others, and their purpose as never before. If you wish to give or to discover more about Heritage and what happens when you give, I encourage you to go to heritageqc.com give. You'll discover more there and you'll get a sense of who we are and how we're living into being a people of radical generosity together. We're so glad that you've taken this time to join us this weekend for worship, to dig into God's word, to pray together, and to chase after the things of Jesus fully present in body, mind, spirit, and community. We can't wait to see what God does in and through you as we chase after him together. We'll see you soon.